Welcome to season two of the One and Done podcast, where we are dedicated to making young people successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas. Let's get it started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode after a long break of the One and Done podcast. Uh, we got a, a special guest today to get us kicked back off for the uh, fall 2023 semester for all the college students. Uh, happy first week of school. We hope you're enjoying that already. Uh, but Wesley Pergament's with us today. He's the CEO of Sola Insurance. Uh, they're an insurance carrier. Uh, me and Wesley met earlier this summer at an insurance conference. Was very impressed. Uh, we got connected. We're both young, so we kind of, you know, sat down, started talking at lunch one day, and then next thing you know, it led to an opportunity to to have Wesley on to the One and Done podcast. So, Wesley, man, appreciate you joining. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Well, uh, let's just dive right in. Let's uh, start. Tell everybody a little bit about you, about your background, and then uh, tell us about Sola. How did you get started? We've had some insurance people on before, but never anybody that's run an insurance carrier. Uh, it's very <laughs> rare for somebody to be under 28 and running an insurance carrier. So uh, why don't you uh, break that down for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sola is a natural disaster carrier. Ultimately, our goal is to provide coverage to individuals to help them recover faster after these events. I mean, everything that we're seeing in California and Florida with uh, insurance companies either pulling out of the state or going insolvent, and now it's trickling into the Midwest uh, where deductibles used to be a few hundred dollars and now they're a few thousand dollars. So agents and insurance agents and policyholders are really desperate for more of a comprehensive uh, climate coverage. And so that's exactly where we come in. Uh, so we just launched our first tornado crisis insurance policy. Um, and we're really excited uh, to be here talking a little bit more about it. Um, I know my background is is uh, more in the technology engineering space. I worked at a flood insurance startup and ultimately realized like a lot of this data was telling us exactly where the most damaged areas are. And so why can't we just use it to pay people out faster? So that's where the whole inception started. Well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to, to get into that, you know, and uh, yeah. I'm excited because I think a lot of college students are going to love to see the connection between technology and insurance now. So you got a really big uh, you know, white collar industry and insurance, you paired up with another one in technology, just how far can we go the insure tech industry as a whole. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about you, right? So you're very yeah. young. Tell us, tell us your age, tell us where you started, <laughs> where you went to school, and kind of how you got into the insurance industry. Yeah, well, I went to Georgia Tech, studied engineering, but always been interested, but always been a tinker. The second, when I was, when the I was second best engineering school in the country, right? <laughs> Texas A&M <laughs> yeah, exactly number that. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I've always been a tinker since I was young, loved to figure out how things work, was always super curious and asked a lot of questions. Studying engineering, which has nothing to do with insurance, but I became fascinated with natural disasters. I actually grew up in Long Island, New York, went through Hurricane Sandy. And so I volunteered during that time. And so, yeah, ever since then, been fascinated by the natural natural disasters and the effect that they have on people. So I attended this conference actually uh, when I was in, uh, it was right at the end of like high school, college. And I met this person working at a flood insurance startup. And I was so intrigued. They, they were using satellite imagery, aerial imagery, all this geospatial technology. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I was like, you're doing all of that and you're helping people. Uh, it was never really insurance that drew me in, as, as you'll find with a lot of other people who got into the industry. It was more of either other factors. Yeah, relationships, uh, and just, stuff like that. Exactly. And then I saw insurance as just a, a very interesting vehicle to be able to help people when they need it the most. And so while I was working there, I was tasked with working on the different FEMA flood maps, private flood data providers. And I realized that this 
disaster map was telling us exactly where the damaged areas are. And I was like, if we know these areas are damaged, why can't we just give these people money right away? And I realized no one was building anything out specifically with tornadoes. And that would be a great place to start. So when COVID hit and there was the Chattanooga, Tennessee tornado disaster, I watched as all of those homeowners went through the issues of the either paying for their deductible or, again, it could have just been weeks or months before they got the money that they needed. So we set out to build an insurance company that uh, provided coverage that was simple, faster, and more transparent. Well, let's do this. Talk me through this. So talk me through your time at Georgia Tech, how you got in that flood company, and then what I want you to do is start back at the very beginning, right? So we got a lot of people yeah. listening today. Uh, our ambassadors are on. They're going to be listening, and, and like most of them have never paid a deductible before yet, right? They've never <laughs> had an insurance claim. Uh, these yeah. are all things that will make sense as you get a little bit older, right? Like that that swing from 18 to 22, you get really old really fast. All right. So yeah. um, they're going to they're gonna run into a lot of these things, but explain those things to them and then kind of talk them into, you know, what is an insurance carrier, like a traditional one doing? Mm-hmm. What do you guys do to supplement and support them? Exactly. Um, yeah. So to break down insurance, I like the, the, the most simple way, even just to step back further on, on what is insurance and the way I see it is, Let's just say you've a, you've a thousand people all kind of like laid out in a field, and only one of them a year might get hit by a tornado. They get paid out a million dollars if they get hit by that tornado. But then the other one thousand people have to pay like a hundred dollars a year to compensate for that risk. And so that's what insurance is in a nutshell. That, that the idea of risk transfer that you don't know where the disaster might occur, um, but there's a chance it could happen anywhere. And so you want to make sure you have the coverage for that. That's insurance coverage in a nutshell. Then what insurance companies do is have this term called a deductible on an insurance policy. So if you have a million dollar payout after a tornado hits your house, you might have a $5,000 deductible on that property. Meaning if the coverage goes anywhere above $5,000. So again, if you've a million dollars, or let's just say you've had $2,000 in damages, you'll only get $195,000. And then you as a homeowner need to pay that or compensate that $5,000 as the rest of it. So it's a way for insurance companies to make sure you have a, as a homeowner have a vested interest in the property as well. Because if there's anything you can do to actually protect your home, I mean, no one wants to experience a loss, the headache of dealing with contractors or whatever. But even from a money standpoint, the insurance company wants to make sure that you are invested in uh, you and and making sure like lowering your risk because uh, you don't want to experience that loss. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I know some people are probably like, wait a second. I thought Jackson was in insurance. What is this about? <laughs> so uh, the relationship, right, that like Wesley and I would have is I I'm more on the sales side. So uh, independent agencies represent carriers or MGAs, which is what Wesley mm-hmm. is. Uh, we we're the ones who understand the products. We go on the front end. We do the the underwriting on the front end. And ultimately, we do the sales, right? Like we we talk to people about the products when we provide that service and solution to them. So uh, Wesley and his team have come up with a very unique and, and innovative product. So uh, tell us a little bit about your tech background because I think that's going to apply to a lot of our listeners, right? We got a lot of people that's just that's an industry that a lot of people want to get in because the 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 uh, possibilities are so unknown. unknown. Yeah. And you are doing a ton with some of those things that prior to you, right, they've not been used in our industry. So explain a little bit about your background there and then talk about how you're utilizing that in insurance and how that's evolving probably, you know, every single day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my background, like I, I attended these 
hackathon events. And so that was like a technology coding event. I've attended like a dozen of them and I just, I love them. It was these 24, 36 hour sprints where you're, you're just in a group of like two to four people. You're just trying to put together a, a solution as it, as it's 24 to 36 hours, not a lot of time. So hack it together as quickly as you can. And then you present it at the end. So through that, I just loved collaborating. Uh, with people to figure out how to build these different products. Um, I loved meeting a bunch of people and going to different events. That's actually how I found out about this flood insurance startup because I was just attending a lot of events, people that were like-minded, people who were my own age. Yeah, we were just had these crazy ideas and wanted to figure it out. That was kind of the background. Myself, It was never really through school. A lot of these outlets are um, when you go out on your own and you try to find like-minded people uh, who are also interested in technology and find those different organizations with people that can help support you or in case if you have any questions, they can help answer. So that's been a lot of my background and, and what was like super important to me when I was growing up and why I became entrepreneurial in the first place and became very curious and yeah. So tell us a little bit about like how you're using some of those technologies and 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 progressing uh, the insurance industry with them. Like what 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 even classifies like a technology or something that you use, and then how are you using it to the betterment of the insurance industry? Exactly. So what I like to say is um, I, this has all been like very recent technology, and and it's only because became, became prevalent because of our capabilities for aerial imagery or satellite imagery um, that have made or, or weather data that have really made our company Sola today possible. Uh, because even just a decade ago, uh, the data that we're using was not around, was not even available. So these advancements in technology uh, allowed us to do what we're doing. And so to speak to what was traditionally set up, if you look at a home insurance carrier 50 years ago, the way that their process works is if a claim were to come in, or let's just say, let's just say a hailstorm were to hit, uh, what happens is the policyholder would call up their carrier and say, hey, or, or maybe agent, and say, hey, I have a claim to file. That would be considered a first notice of loss. And so the carrier would then process that first notice of loss. And what they would do subsequently from there is send out a field adjuster who would actually go visit the property and estimate the value of damage that you have. That whole process, and there's a lot of back and forth with that, and ultimately then coming to the conclusion of, okay, this is your whole itemized claim um, and this is what you deserve to get paid out. And then you get your payout. Um, obviously, with that whole process, because it just involves people, there's a lot of subjectivity and there might be lawyers and contractors involved and people thinking that they might get more money uh, than they need or potentially even the insurance company overpaying. So as I was just talking about, there have been a lot of advancements in satellite and aerial imagery to help kind of triage those claims, help insurance companies process especially after a natural disaster when hundreds or thousands of claims might flood in. But I think something that I want to point out of like how we're unique is that an insurance company um, can use that like satellite and aerial imagery, but ultimately they're just trying to assist their process of like actually physically adjusting the claim and still having all of that back and forth. So it might help triage their process, but it's still ultimately that very uh, subjective process. And so what we do differently is we're actually taking the data and directly using that to trigger an automatic payout. So there's no first notice of loss. There's no adjuster. We're already super confident that there's damage in the area. And so we're baking technology directly into the policy form, whereas the others are using 
technology to assist their, are you kind of antiquated processes that they have? We're baking it right into our policy form. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting too. Everybody may, may not think about this. I mean, I would say this: I, my favorite time of year used to be whenever it's like you know 80 one day that night it blows in and it's like 40 when you wake up the next morning and now like yeah. being an insurance it's like my least favorite time because that's when tornado <laughs> and hell and all these like disasters happen but yeah. you just never notice that right as, as someone younger who doesn't have those financial responsibilities yet but mm-hmm. um when you mentioned you know these natural disasters that are in a geographical specific location right one of the things that people probably don't think about is and i'll use like texas for instance we had that freeze a few years back that's so unique to Texas. And usually when you have a hurricane, right? Okay, that's South Texas, right? Everyone mm-hmm. from North Texas, Oklahoma, they can all go down to South Texas. They can assist. And now you have enough hands to help get through that process a little bit faster. But whenever mm-hmm. you have something like this so spread, like the snow and the, the winter storm we had in Texas, the problem was everybody had so much damage in their local area, they couldn't go to another geographical location to help support it. Mm-hmm. So what you had was a very slow turnaround time, right? Kind of like what we dealt with in COVID in the, in the turnaround time and processes of, of uh, the supply chain and buying things. It took yeah. forever. Why? Well, there was, there was way too much, there was way too much demand and way too little supply. Same kind of thing happens in the insurance industry. And so it's very interesting. You guys are using technology in that way um, mm-hmm. to, to really support the client and do this though. Cause I know your product is built a lot around the deductible specifically, right? You're, you're a mm-hmm. deductible helping option. So everybody's familiar with Aflac, right? And like, uh, <laughs> they're, they're fantastic commercials. We just actually had an episode with the Aflac guy here recently that that's going to yeah. come out, but, um, Tell me, tell me, tell everyone a little bit, you know, what is a deductible? How does it work? And then how is y'all's product built to help that out? As I was explaining before, the deductible is a method to, for the policyholder to share the risk with the uh, insurance carrier. And so if you look at historically, even a few years ago, deductibles used to be a few hundred dollars and they were very manageable. So if you had a $10,000 claim come in um, and you had a $500 deductible, you would get that $9,500 from the insurance carrier and then pay out 500 for you as a policyholder. But now as the climate has been getting worse and cost of labor has gone up and the cost of materials has gone up and inflation and all of these different factors have just kind of poured together in this massive soup of increasing deductibles. And so what will happen is now there'll be something introduced like a percentage wind and hail deductible. So if you have a 1% wind and hail deductible on a $300,000 home, that means that your deductible for wind and hail is effectively $3,000. And so now if a wind event comes in and it causes $20,000 of damage, you have to pay $3,000 out of pocket, which is way more significant. And so you're seeing this across the board now in the Midwest and Southeast and Jackson. I'm sure you can speak more to this about as a lot of these homes used to be a flat deductible. Now our percentage wind and hail and now causing homeowners to be out thousands of dollars out of out of pocket expenses. And so what our product does is we just launched our tornado crisis insurance product that covers up to $15,000 in the event of an EF5 down to $2,000 in the event of an EF0. So as you can see right in that deductible range. And then also, as I said, claims can sometimes take weeks or months. So you can also use the money to help cover your immediate expenses. And we work with independent agents uh, just like Jackson to be able to sell our policy as an add-on alongside your traditional home insurance policy. Right. Yeah. You know, Wesley, man, you have such a crazy product, crazy backstory. Um, <laughs> I want to dive into you for, for the last couple of minutes we have remaining today. Yeah. Um, you went to Georgia Tech. You say you grew up in Long Island. Um, one of the things I want to dive into first, because I think it's probably at the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. 
But you mentioned, you know, Hurricane Sandy and you getting out and volunteering and just having like that that heart to help other people, which is what insurance industry really is. You're utilizing some really cool methods to go about that. But talk just for a minute about like what motivates you every day to do what you're doing to build this company. Obviously, you have a you have a unique skill set, right? And everybody needs some type of skill to be successful in life. But you have to have something that motivates that that drives it. What's the engine behind you and kind of your story? Yeah, I've. <laughs> I've always been interested in startups. I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always wanted to build something really cool that impacts a lot of people. I mean, an interesting, another side topic too is, I mean, cities are just getting a lot bigger, which means more people can get hit by these disasters, which means that we need better financial instruments to be able to protect people. So I saw Sola and what we were doing as a, as a really interesting opportunity uh, that we're entering an evolving and growing space where uh, the the impact it's having on our society is getting a lot more significant and a lot more pressing. Yeah. Uh, so all of these factors uh, is, is what drive me. And yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to build something that impacts a lot of people and works with some really cool technology to do so. Well, let me, let me do this, right? We got a lot of students listening to this. They're trying to figure out what they want to do and, and maybe they're interested in, in, in the tech space they are interested in engineering. And then like they're starting to make these applications of the real world. Um, what is your advice as to why someone should utilize those skills and get into the insurance industry? Like what, what does the insurance industry offer that maybe other industries don't? Yeah, well, there, there's just such a massive opportunity in the insurance. And as I was just describing, um, everything is siloed in the insurance industry. And so to expand on that a little more, if you look at like your biggest property and casualty insurance carriers in the U.S., all of them um, they use a policy admin system that's built on someone else's platform. Even their own policy coverage form is a Verisk ISO HO3 form that's not even owned by them. Um, then they'll have their own actuarial department. Then they'll have their claims department. So all of these departments are super siloed, and the insurance industry needs technology more than ever. And even just to talk about the agency side, I mean, you have tens of thousands of independent agents who are selling insurance. And I mean, you might meet a lot of agents today who are filing cabinets. And so, uh, you yeah, need to, honestly, yeah, exactly. So you need to help them uh, be able to bring all of their paper files to electronic. And a lot of agencies are trying to streamline the ways in which they do like social media and marketing promotions and there are so many things in the insurance industry that create a, a massive opportunity to help fix. And so I guess that, that would be one piece. I mean, one piece of advice is just to be really curious and ask a ton of questions. And when you start to figure out how things work, then you can start to understand why do things work that way. And then maybe if you did this instead of this, would that be better? And that's when you start the whole customer discovery process and uh, you really understand like what people need and, and what they're willing to pay you for. So. You know, that's so interesting that you say that. I love that um, because, you know, you mentioned earlier when you're talking about like the hackathons, like you have this small amount of time to solve this problem. And insurance, in my opinion, is that same way, right? We got a lot of yeah. uh, problems that are just, they're not they're not necessarily terrible, but they're they're that way because the way it's been done for so long. And, and if you come in with, with a very uh, positive mindset on, hey, we're going to solve some of these and make them better, like what could it look like? How could it get better? Yeah. Uh, the question I always like to ask is why, like, why is it done that way instead of this way? Exactly. Um, I think you can you can bring a lot of value into this industry doing that. I think that's a great point. 
Last couple minutes here, I want to ask one more question. We got a lot of young people. They're trying to figure out what they want to do. And like you said, schooling never really <laughs> taught you these things, right? Like it gave you some skills, obviously, you know, and yeah. what you're doing, but it, but it didn't, you weren't going to school to, to build an insurance company, right? Like that just wasn't the case. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the importance of extracurricular activities, mentors, those kind of things as it relates to really finding your passion and really finding your niche early in life instead of waiting, right? Like you're, you're, what are you, 26, right? 25, 26? Yeah, it's just yeah. right at college. So. Yeah, so I mean, like people, people need to. They how are you, how are you successful? How's Wesley doing it? Well, he did things in college to get ready for when he was not in college. So talk about that as we kind of conclude the show today. Yeah, I would just say naturally lean towards the things that you're interested in. I think sometimes whether it be external factors like parents or, or schools can force you in directions that you never wanted to go in in the first place, and just listen to your own mind about as I said before, what you're curious in, like, where are you asking questions? Where, what industries or things are you looking to find more information about? And then just get involved in those any way you can. And so, yeah, like I said, when you're in these organizations, you can just start asking a lot of questions and and you're naturally tended to try to find out more. And then I would lean towards joining all these organizations and communities uh, where you can find like-minded individuals to help explore Uh, the things that intrigue you absolutely well wesley man it's been a pleasure to have you on today i know we got a lot of students that listen and if anybody's interested i know he'd be more than happy to take some time to talk to you about his company sola and uh some opportunities that they might have i know they're a growing team over there uh and man it's just been a pleasure having you on today thank you so much for sharing your story thank you so much for for sharing with the rest of the team yeah thank you Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to rate our podcast and leave a review. Also, make sure and check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at One and Done Podcast.